Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? It is a beautiful day and I am David and I am joined by Matt. All right, guys. And there he is with his dulcet and nasally tones. It's Alan. Yo, yo. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us um, for another week. We're sorry we've been away, but there's been a hell of a lot of news going on, so we will get through that today but we're going to start with a great um itunes review another five-star review thanks a lot guys for getting on there it really means a lot for us um this one is from the saintly warrior and he says this is the only scottish rugby podcast to give a damn about sound quality you can hear alan's nasal whining in crystal clear audio and comments on high school rugby from yesteryear in distinct clarity the boys do a cracking job of listing spirits by taking the piss with scant regard to their reputations or impacts on their future careers alan you're getting a bit of a hard time from our fans these days i have allergies (laughs) all right nothing i can do about it all right it's getting sunny outside it wasn't just that it's not just the nasal what was it that um that guy said on um, on twitter during the week Oh, it was that alan always has to say no before everything he's so negative so he goes no definitely or no yeah definitely which i think is you know just the kind of guy he is i do have one point in the sinuses i think it is unfair because it's not his fault it is a weight thing i think so <laughs> <laughs> you know the amount they this poor guy's having to lug around you know sinuses can't cope with that kind of pressure so you know part of it's not his fault got an addiction all right <laughs> leave me alone and to th- and to think it would impact our work careers there is no chance anyone at my office has any interest in listening to a scottish rugby podcast so i think we're going to be okay 
I think we might just about scrape uh, by. But as you say, we've got loads to get through. And thanks again. It's been absolutely massive on our Twitter account, at Thistle Rugby Pod. We asked you um, to let us know how you would sum up the season in three words. And we're going to be getting into them later because our three Thistley issues of the week are, number one, an Edinburgh season review. Number two, the Glasgow Warriors season review. And then the third one, which I didn't think we'd be talking about a few weeks back, but we're going to be talking about Scotland Sevens talking about their success and also asking that question, what is next for the Scotland Sevens team? But before we get into that, why don't we have a look back at the news from the last 10 days or so, starting with the national side where Richie Gray, Sam Hidalgo-Klein and Sean Maitland have been ruled out through injury with Kennedy coming in to replace Hidalgo-Klein and Maitland being replaced by the Merry Twosome of Greek Tonks and Rory Hughes. So Matt, why don't you just start us off. If you take a Tonks and add Hughes, does that get to the level of Maitland? Doing that equation balances actually. Um, I think I think this is one of the problems that <laughs> it's one of the problems we've we've talked about the the lack of depth at fullback and obviously it's it's just the fact that that Hogs in um, in with the training with the Lions at the moment. But beyond that, Maitland was the only fullback, um, and then maybe Jackson was taken as a ten slash fifteen. But it seems that they don't have much faith in playing him there. Um, so I mean, Tonks playing the championship. I don't even know if he's been starting for London Irish, so I don't know. It doesn't seem that great to me. He was actually on the bench yesterday, so yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> um, Nah, I should have called up Jack Cuthbert. Finished with Jersey, killing it for the sevens, all right? Well, yeah, you say that. Rui Jackson has been taken as a member of the back three, so he's not... He, I suppose he's covering 10, but that mean? surely Greg Tonks is not going to start at, at fullback for Scotland. It must be Jacko, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, that still just leaves Jacko. I mean, I, 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 I like Rui Jackson, but he's not a 15. I wonder, it'd be interesting to see how Townsend plays it, whether they try and get um, Rui Jackson into the line as kind of like a second receiver off um, Finn Russell. But yeah, it sort of just shows, and I think we'll probably talk, talk about it later with Glasgow as well, is that especially at fullback, cross sort of club and country, we seem to have a real dearth of talent. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was thinking, do you not think Kinghomer's maybe due a shot? He's been playing well. Um, maybe he's a bit, you know, less experienced than someone like Jackson, but I think he's, you know, at, at the moment, a better player. Do you not think they've just chosen to keep the under-20s together and just let them have a, a crack in Georgia? Which I quite like. I think he's quite a good keeping sort of age groups together. Yeah, I kind of see your point, but I still think like Scotland should be going down to Australia with what they think is their best team, like regardless of who is playing in the under twenties. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that one, Matt. I think we probably should hook Kinghorn out of there because he is much better than any of the replacements, even if he is inexperienced. But someone who's not inexperienced, Richie Gray's dropped out, but they haven't called up anyone to fill that gap yet. Does that mean that? Um, Rob Harley is now being considered as a second row? Presumably, which is... It is quite a term of events that Grant Kilchrist isn't even now considered, like, the fourth choice or, you know, second row. Like, um, I don't know. I think that Harley is a, a kind of average six and a probably below average second row. I don't, I don't really see the point in, in that. But then I suppose you've got other players in there, like probably Bentos will come in or, or Swinson. So it's not... It's not a terrible replacement, but it's, it's definitely a, a big blow. It's it's getting me a little bit worried about this tour. Yeah. Sort of with Seymour, Laidlaw and Hogg out, 
and then you're sort of losing Maitland, you're losing Hugh Jones, you're losing Richie Gray, you're really sort of scraping away at what is an already very thin squad. And, you know, we might get one or two more players caught up to the Lions. And once you get to that point, it it really isn't looking too great. Um, I mean, and then again, obviously, we've not got that many young players going, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I think in second row with Swinson, Johnny Gray and Big Ben Tulis, I think we might be all right. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that one. Um, what else is going on? Edinburgh made a signing. 21-year-old Duhan van der Merwe from Montpellier. Lads, do we know anything about this guy? I've never heard of him in my life. And I, I think I've got quite good rugby knowledge and I've literally never heard of him. And Edinburgh tweet these things like, we've got massive signing news coming up. And I thought it would be, you know, they've re-signed someone, which I suppose is technically signing news, or they've signed a young player, which is what they've been doing in the last few weeks. But it was sort of even more of a damp squib. Just looked at it and thought, I've never heard of him. Um, and yeah, it seems as if he's been playing at Montpellier for a bit, scored a couple of tries, and that's about it. So it's not that expiring, really. Yeah, it's, I mean, you kind of get it when a sort of South African sort of moves across, maybe when he's sort of 26, 27. But it's always a bit strange. And obviously, I know like the RAN's been absolutely destroyed. So sort of the money you can make in... Um, South Africa is pretty horrific. Actually, I saw a stat the other day that there's more professional rugby players, South African rugby players in Europe than there is in South Africa, wow. which is a pretty obscene, um, obscene stat. But yeah, I imagine he'll be quite big and quite physical. But I haven't actually seen any of the... Did you see any videos of him on YouTube? I know obviously they're not a particularly fair reflection, seeing as Jack Cuthbert has a high ledge reel. <laughs> Well, I think if you YouTube him, there's a couple of clips of him scoring some okay tries in the top 14 when he has it a start. Fair play. and But then Edinburgh put up a highlights video and you get a bit excited. It's like seven minutes long. And it's him playing like for a school team, <laughs> like a uni team where he looks really good. But I mean, it's just sort of him running through smaller players, handing them off. So <laughs> I don't know. Once again, I'm just I, I'm, I'm not that taken by the whole thing. But we have managed. We've got him young. We've got him in before the residency laws go to uh, go to five years. So you never know. Maybe he'll be, he will turn out to be uh, to be great. Maybe another famous Van der Merwe who had success in Scotland, like DTH. If we can have another one like him, that would be absolutely class. Speaking of absolutely class, on a highlights reel, Edinburgh have re-signed Simon Bergen, the prop. What do we make of that? <laughs> Big Bergie's on fire. I mean, that's what they. Thing in the changing room. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose he's been capped now. They must see something in him, or maybe it was just the fact they didn't have any other props. Scotland. Um, yeah, always good. I mean, front row players are so important these days. So, um, And I, I had heard chat that he was going back to New Zealand as well. So maybe it is a good thing to, to have re-signed him. I have nothing to add. <laughs> Mate, good, good borders boy come good, no? Yeah, I think he originally played for Langham, but um, <laughs> then he went to New Zealand for a bit and he came back. You know, he missed it too much. He missed the muckle tune too much. So, yeah, no, he's, he's on board. <laughs> Sticking um, with Edinburgh, actually, and other great Borders players, um, WP Nell and um, Robbie Fruin. So a little bit of interest there for the Edinburgh lads. Uh, Edinburgh fans are playing for the Babas against England on Saturday. What do you make of that? Yeah, it is exciting. Um, unfortunately, we won't be watching it, though, because there is only one 
real rugby event that day, which is the um, Steve Sims Cavaliers event, um, which is celebrating the Cavaliers and becoming a registered charity um, working um, to prevent um, concussion injuries in rugby. Um, so that'll be done in Richmond, um, London Scottish's ground, um, which will be a St. Andrews match, St. Andrews against um, Stu Mal match with all three of us playing in various capacities, actually, which is just absolutely amazing. So exciting for all the fans clearly out there. I mean, yeah, it is really great. I mean, both the both games are on different days, but um, yeah, it'll be <laughs> it'll be great. England Bambas is on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> well, you can't trust me. It was a fairly seamless little radio, little 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 radio plug. But should we get back to the get back to the business of? I mean, my only concern is what if WP now does his neck in again playing for the Barbarians? Do you think the thing there's thinking is the SRU like let's send them off just to get them a little bit of game time before we go on the summer tour? And it's it's interesting to see Robbie Fruin still listed as a Bath player on the team sheet, so that's um, an interesting one to keep an eye on. He's going to be up against old Ellis Genge, I think. So should be a good little um, good little matchup for him. I hope he murders Genge. I don't think he's. I think Genge is good in the loose, but I think he's he's a little he's a pussy in the in the scrum. So. All right, mate. Jesus, come on. Um, yeah, I know. And Vern Cotter, last game obviously before he goes to Montpellier. It'd be good to because team. It'd be it'd be an interesting game because the Babas team obviously is pretty old, but it's pretty class. And the England team is a little bit rogue, so. It'd be good to see, especially Alex Good at 15 playing against England. I can't wait to see if he can carve it up. Yeah, that'll be absolutely sweet. And keeping it in England, but with a little bit of Scottish interest in the Championship playoff final last night, London Irish confirming their spot in the Aviva Premiership for next year with um, Scotland lads Blair Curran, Greg Tonks and Scott Steele in their ranks for that. So um, a good result for them. And interestingly enough, we hear that Gordy Reid is off there to make some serious cash down um, with them next year. So that's one to keep an eye on for the Scottish fans in the Premiership next year. And also interesting to see Brian Redpath, last game as a coach. He's retiring from uh, from the game. He was the coach of uh, Leeds Carnegie last night, which is, uh, I don't know, Scotland legend leaving the game. What do you think, Callum? I go and cut up as an FX trader, so... <laughs> Sure, be absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a bit sad. He was, I remember sort of five, six years ago. Oh, shit, I did it again, didn't I? Um, <laughs> five, six years ago when he was sort of Gloucester, he was Sale and Gloucester coach, he was sort of touted as kind of probably the next a sort of future Scotland coach, sort of Gregor Townsend before he, before Gregor came on the scene. And he just ha- it just hasn't really kind of gone his way. And... Although he seems to have done pretty well at Yorkshire Canaga, they've kind of got a good setup down there. And um, but yeah, no, wants to make some cash trading currency. So there you go. Following Andy Good into the financial world after rugby. Um, well, that is the news done for another week. Um, so about it's probably about a week ago now, as it was, we asked you to sum up your seasons in three words. We had some really good feedback um, from. All of you from the Glasgow, Edinburgh, and Scotland team perspective. Um, Glasgow blogger The Pen cutting through with shite at times. <laughs> the black and red Edinburgh blogger in holding pattern. An Edinburgh fan called Wordner Collap 
and this is slightly cheeky because it's four words, but not renewing season ticket, I think is a pretty solid message to the Edinburgh management. Um, Neil Daly, quite a good one. Gatlin's poor choices. Um, and Michael Lowe making us laugh with don't mention Twickenham. But one which I found quite interesting, Stephen Hancock said play both halves relating to Edinburgh. So why don't we start there? Let's start with Edinburgh and have a look at their season. What we're going to do, uh, guys, just to keep it a little bit tight, we've separated into four categories. So we're going to look at the best moment, the worst moment, the player of the season, and then have a look at what Edinburgh or Glasgow need to improve themselves in next year's uh, Pro 12 competition. So Matt, why don't you take us through your little review of Edinburgh and me and Alan will chip in and tell you that you're wrong whenever we fancy. Sounds great. Um, so best moment took me a while to come to because, you know, there are just so many this season. But um, I think I landed on, you know, in the European, in the Challenge Cup in general, had some pretty good games. Um, but the the Quinns home and away, I thought, were, were both sort of highlights. I thought that um, the particularly at home, Played some really good attacking rugby. Um, Hamish Watson was on fire. Kinghorn was really good. Hoyland, those kind of guys, playing really well. Um, and then the away game was a bit different. It was a bit more of a gritty sort of um, forwards-based game, but once again put in a really good performance. So that was sort of my my highlight. And then beyond that, I was I was struggling a bit. Yeah, I mean, we we were obviously at at the stoop for the um, the the leg down in uh, in London. It was a, it was a really solid performance from Edinburgh's pack in particular. I remember Ben Toulis being absolutely massive. Um, I think um, Hamish Watson again, amazing. Alan Dell had a really really great game, and it was just brilliant to see Edinburgh. And it felt in that sort of like early early New Year that maybe they were going to have a sort of stronger second half to the season. I think that was when Duncan Hodge had just come in as well, actually. So there was a real sense of optimism that seems to unfortunately faded a bit. Um, what did what did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean the Challenge Cup in general was actually pretty good. Even the sort of loss to La Rochelle, it wasn't sort of the worst performance in the world. I mean La Rochelle just won the top fourteen and were a pretty beastly team. And actually thought we stood up pretty well at Murrayfield, although I think a lot of the players knew it was sort of the last game of the season to really prove anything and then you had sort of the odd win against thing like Ulster and Scarlets but just no traction at all in the Pro 12 so I think but I have a lot of worse moments that I can bring to the table I think um, out of all of them the one that just really stood out for me was the away game to Treviso when we when we lost and not only did we lose but I actually watched some of it on the TV and it really, yeah, I really hated myself <laughs> for what I was doing. And there was just, there was just nothing there. I don't know if the the players have sort of slightly given up at that point, but just sort of the lack of creativity and real sort of hunger to sort of win that game out in Treviso was just actually quite sad to see. And actually it sounds like we were hearing about sort of Cockrell I mean, kind of more I hear about him, the more it kind of sounds like he's the exact guy that needs to come in and shake things up a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, my worst moments probably re- revolved around the Italian teams, and I'd forgotten that we'd lost to Edinburgh, lost to um, Zebre at home as well, which is just that is unacceptable. Like there should be, you know, like sackings for that. So that's a sackable offence. Um, and then I remember watching. One of the kind of just most disappointing moments was watching Edinburgh play against um, Connacht in one of the f- the few games that was played at Myerside, which 
just seemed like such a big opportunity that it didn't take. And I watched the first half, and I think Ross Ford gave away about 12 penalties in a row. And I just I sort of, that was my final, I just was the last straw, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, um, that was obviously my worst moment. I just had losing to both Italian teams, but I don't think we need to dwell on that. Why don't we move on to one massive positive that's come out of Edinburgh this year has been Hamish Watson and his form, both for club and country, really asserting himself into that seven jersey um, for Scotland. And I think really in in the Six Nations, sort of um, putting himself up there as one of the best and exciting um, open sides in that tournament. And rightly gaining sort of a lot of people saying that he should maybe be getting a, a bit of a lion's nod. So he would be he's going to be my player of the season. Although I have to say a special mention to Magnus Bradbury, who I've seen out on the piss a couple of times. He seems to be really in, uh, really enjoying it. But, you know, if he can go out and, and play well, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. He's a young 21-year-old man. Give him five, six years when the beaks start catching up with you. <laughs> <laughs> he's coughing his way around Murrayfield. <laughs> uh, no, Magnus Bradbury has been absolutely awesome. And um, no, it was really good to see, especially I think next year, that back row, if if him and Hamish Watson are sort of playing on the flanks, real sort of just combative, just dynamic ball carriers. And obviously Hardy as well, still got another year in his contract. Um, but I'm throwing out there, BBT, Big Ben Tulis, player of the season tackles, runs, rucks. I mean, we gave him no credit at the start of the season and he's absolutely throwing it back in our faces. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we gave him a lot of rub. Particularly you, Dave. I think you've got a real sort of, you've got a vendetta against him. I was always just a bit indifferent, but no, he's played really well. He's got good stats. Pro 12 dream team. Like, and he probably played more games in the Pro 12 than Watson because of the Six Nations. So I think you'd have to give it to him. Those glorious locks. Well, it does look like I've lost that. Apparently, we're giving it to BBT as um, player of the season. I am eating humble pie. He has been really consistent and decent for Edinburgh. Um, I did give him a lot of a hard time at the start of the season. In fact, I think I'm going to continue giving him a hard time because I don't think he's that good. <laughs> I don't think we should get we should run away with uh, with with him. But fair play, he has been class. And you know the stats don't lie. He's in that Pro 12 um, dream team tackles made. Like he's decent. Where's Alex Tulis these days? He went back to New Zealand. I don't know if he's even still playing rugby. He's, he's not even from New Zealand, mate. He's <laughs> from Australia. Uh, yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll um, we'll check that out. But there is that guy. Do you remember that guy Ollie Atkins that played for Edinburgh for a bit? He was another Aussie. He's playing for Exeter Chiefs. Like he's in the Exeter Chiefs potentially Premiership winning squad. It's absolutely bizarre. I mean, he was rubbish at Edinburgh. It's not like we missed this kind of diamond in the rough, but bizarre. We're missing out on second rules. Jim Hamilton moves down. He's awesome. Ollie Atkins moves down. He's awesome. All right, what have you got for us, Dave? I've got a. I've got to make an apology. He's obviously not gone back to New Zealand. He is contracted at the moment, according to Wikipedia, the font of all knowledge, to the Melbourne Rebels. So yeah, that's right. yeah. he's he's doing all right. So. That's where Alex. That's where Alex Tulis is. I mean, the Rebels are literally the worst team in Super Rugby. But um, yeah, so going back to Edinburgh anyway. Um, so what do we think we that they need next season? Um, my my view. I started writing a list, and before I knew it, I sort of had a dozen items. So I tried to narrow it down. And I think that in in order of importance, it would go. They need a couple of good centers, and they need a standoff, and then anything beyond that is a real 
bonus. Because I think they do have, we talked about it, like a solid front five. And we just talked about some of the back row options. <laughs> Loads of really good back row players. But just behind the scrum, it's just been really dire for quite a few seasons now. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I think I think that pack could be unbelievable, especially Cornell Dupree needs to step up. Yeah, he's so he, lazy. He is so he's become so lazy. I don't know if he's like gotten he's got his Scotland cap now, and he's just like I've had enough. I can't be bothered anymore. Speaking of supposedly Matt Bradbury loving the beers, supposedly Cornell Dupree absolutely loves the beers. Like when he used to go to when he was drafted to Harriet's, he used to turn up like four, three or four pints deep and train. <laughs> Still be amazing, but supposedly he absolutely loves it. Loves a house guy. Oh, God. Fair. That is fair. Um, I know I think Cornell Dupree, actually, of all the players in the NM team, I really hope that Cockrell can bring him a step forward. I think he's the sort of player that if he properly knuckled down, got in good nick, he could be like truly destructive, especially at that Pro-12 level. Um, and I think with that pack, with the front five, the flankers that we've talked about, it's just what can those backs do? Yeah, and that's what I find really concerning because I guess even if we get Matt's um, wish list of a couple of centres and a new 10, I just don't have any faith in um, in Hodgie to really get them get them going. You know, he's never really in his role of head coach at Edinburgh or as the attacks coach previously um, proven that he can get a backline going. He got let go from his uh, gig as the Scotland attack coach. I, ju- I just think, I'm, I really hope I'm proven wrong because the SOU have obviously put in a lot of um, time and effort into Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And he is a a Scotland legend, but I, I just don't think he is up to it so um i think that's our review of edinburgh pretty much done a pretty dismal um season for them really but a few things i think for them to look forward to next year with a new coach coming in and um a full season at my side i think i will i think the decision on that is going to be made fairly soon right let's go down the um m8 to glasgow alan do you want to kick us off and take us through your best moment for glasgow this year uh, I think with Edinburgh, I think the same as Edinburgh. I think obviously Europe's been had sort of the best moments. That, well, actually, probably the best and slightly the most disappointing. I think those two games against Racing Racing Metro obviously just showed what quality players Finn Russell and Tommy Seymour are, especially, and obviously Stuart Hogg's been playing at that level for a long time. And then actually, kind of looking back on the the Europe and European Championship, I think. I think possibly those two games against Munster, we sort of 
really struggled to sort of lift our form up to that level needed to really compete in sort of the upper echelons of sort of European rugby. And then I don't really think we ever gave the Saracens game a go. I sort of look back on it now and there was never really a point in that game where I ever really thought Glasgow were going to be able to either win it or come back into it. I know we sort of talked a bit about Finn Russell sort of missing touch, but, you know, we were at that game and Saracens could look like they could turn the screw at any sort of moment. Um, And I think just sort of in terms of how excited I was about Glasgow making a European run, the fact that I think it was pretty clear from about 10, 15 minutes into that game that actually we're probably going to be leaving Allianz Park with a loss. Yeah, I think that obviously I agree that Europe has been great. I think like first Scottish team to get to a quarterfinal in the world in like this sort of new Champions Cup because Ed- Edinburgh have got through before, haven't they? Yeah, Edinburgh played Toulouse. Yeah, Edinburgh got through just semi. What we're talking about, but sorry, Glasgow's first ever quarter quarterfinal. I think it was a really good achievement because even on the face of it, although maybe it was like a lesser team and a bit of sort of. Um, having a bit of a tumultuous time still Leicester like it was still Racing that had won the top 14 the last year um, and Munster was obviously a step too far I think actually my favourite moment was um, one of the earlier Pro 12 games when it was um, Glasgow against Leinster at home and it was a really tight game and Tommy Seymour I thought had a great season when you just sort of think back on all these games just ran in a casual four tries and like w- one of them he sort of got turnover sort of ran back on himself did a little sort of um, 360 on himself and just ran like straight through the heart of the Leinster defence like, as quickly as he could, just like head down, just only eyes to the line. I thought that was absolutely class. And I think he's brought that into the Scotland form. And he's just like, he's such a great player to watch and have, have on your team and have on your side. So, yeah, I think that's my, my favourite moment. I think with that Pro 12, it's kind of glimpses of how good Glasgow um, could have been and then just real, really been destroyed by the sort of international breaks. I think it was lost three games in a row during November and I know that, that sort of initially crushed us and I can't remember what happened during the Six Nations although I do remember a significant amount of losses. Yeah I mean you talk about the, those international breaks I mean in November it was we got lost 27-3 to Scarlets 22-5 to Ospreys and then a very tight loss to uh, to, to Munster but then it's sort of fast forwarding again to that that February international window. It's losing to the Scarlets, losing to Ulster, losing to Ospreys, and those are like really sort of they are, they are I mean they're decent sides. But you think that's where Glasgow have really got to build on for um, for next year. So I, I had that sort of that that sort of international windows down as my sort of worst moments for for Glasgow. Yeah, well, I think you look at the fact that Ospreys and Scarlets got into the top four, and I think if you look at players on paper, they're not as good teams as Glasgow and the fact that we've lost home and away to both of them during the international period that those games are probably by uh, at a pro 12 level that's just the turning point yeah definitely but we skipped over my, my best moment for Glasgow was the moment the the moment they unveiled um big Brian as a uh, signing and the first glimpse of Brian 22 year old Brian I'll, I'll never forget looking at that photo the official photo in Glasgow and just thinking are you kidding me? <laughs> he is at least forty years old, and he's been a fan favorite ever since. And he's sticking with the uh, sticking with the Warriors. So great to have um, Brian along. What about your player this season? I know he actually won the Players' Player of the Season 
um i had nick grigg down or maybe um just on form lee jones matt um what did you make of uh, the glasgow player of the season um yeah i mean i remember um a couple of years ago reading about nick grigg coming over and he was like a guy who hadn't played any super rugby in new zealand and was playing what seemed like a pretty low level and i just thought what is the point in this guy like i didn't really get it but he's completely proved me wrong i thought he was like fantastic and great great player to watch hit such good lines um good in d um yeah i thought lee jones had a good season as well um but i think um Ali Price was probably my player of the season. I thought he had a really like sort of coming of age season, which culminated in him getting those those Scotland caps. And I thought that he he played really well, considering it was his first Six Nations. Um, and I sort of think back to those matches against um, Rassing and Leicester, where he was just playing out of his skin, scoring tries, putting people in holes, um, and kicking well. So I think he's um, probably my my player of the season. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Xander Ferguson. So, sort of, I mean, he Ferguson. He's <laughs> he's sort of you know he's his development this season from sort of probably on the bench for Glasgow to sort of probably going to be a starter for Scotland during the summer tours. Um, or oh, actually, I can't remember what prop is prop because so, obviously him and Nell might play in the same position. Right, cool. Um, but no, I think he, he's still young. He's obviously a clearly a very dynamic ball carrier. He's still got a lot of weight to sort of um, gain. And I think he could really be sort of a stalwart for Glasgow and Scotland for the next sort of 10 years, um, which is really, really great to see. And I think um, it's great that we're just getting a bit more sort of depth in that prop area as well because we sort of chatted about it when we've sort of been missing... When we've been missing now, we've been super worried about how it's going to, be, going to affect us at national level. Um and also just, I think Glasgow, just seeing a couple of the young players that are coming through, I think more, more than Edinburgh, they just seem to have sort of four or five, especially sort of forwards, and also with um, Greg Horton, who we're going to talk about later. Wait, what's his name? George Horton, George Horton. <laughs> Old Greek Horton coming through. Um, I think, the, yeah, the future's pretty bright for um, Glasgow. Yeah, so that's why don't we look ahead into sort of next season? What do you think, Matt, that they uh, they need to kick on next season? Well, I think if their aim is to to I think it should be to win the Pro Twelve and then carry on doing well in the in Europe. I think they're miss they've lost a few players like the likes of Fazaro and Strauss, which I think they really need to replace. So they've obviously signed Gibbons, which I think looks like a good signing, but I think they need a big ball carrier. I think they've lacked that. Um, or they will lack that with Strauss leaving. I don't know who you get, but um, I've been watching the Super 15 and that Maffi guy, the number eight from Japan, playing for Rebels, who was playing at Bath, and he got kicked out because he was, I can't remember what he did, but he is so good. And I think that you, you Glasgow have more money than the Rebels. You could pay him more. Get him in. He's absolutely awesome. Um, so I think that would be good. And then we've talked about it before in the Scotland context. Another fullback. Like Hogg's gonna be away with Scotland. He's gonna need a rest after the Lions. Like you need, I think you need someone in there because um, lacking a bit of depth there. Yeah, particularly with um, with Murchie being um, being sent out at the end of the season. I mean, I, I was kind of the same next season. I think it, it's just bolstering those positions for when you know the squad gets absolutely ravaged by the Scotland setup. I mean, you've got um, guys like Ollie Kebble coming in and and Gibbons as you mentioned, but. Um, 
there's just going to be there is just going to be a real need in there um, in both backs and forwards because you've still got to think that Glasgow is going to be providing the lion's share of the Scotland team, particularly the back line. If you think about it, Ali Price is going to go, Finn Russell is going to go, Dunbar, Jones, Hogg. Um, it's yeah, they need a really strong second uh, second string to come in. And I think there's a few key key holes they could fill there. Just talk about that Maffey guy. There was some sort of weird story of him at Bath where the reason he basically walked into the medical area and wiped other players' names off the board because he wanted to get seen quicker and then he had an alteration with the doctor and then he was fired like the next day. No one knows what really happened. <laughs> but yeah, get him down. He is absolutely class, to be fair. Um, yeah, I think just it's just that cover. I, as you said, we've... We're going to Glasgow. are going to see nine, ten players minimum every international break away from the squad, and it's about any any English side possibly apart from Saracens would be absolutely crucified by by that as well. And I think um, it's going to it's tough to sort of keep a season going, especially when you need that sort of depth and ro- sort of rotation of players. But I think as you said, with Ollie Kebble and Calum Gibbons and a few other players coming in, it looks like they're sort of trying to address that. Oh, and Masanga. Um, who's coming in? Um, and yeah, and Ollie Kebble looks massive. I keep seeing him on Instagram. He's a big lad. He'll be great. Such a big lad. It's him and Hugh Jones having a great time down in Cape Town. They're just gonna, they're they're going to be loving it when they come over to Glasgow. Um, should we do a quick quiz then before we uh, before we get going? Yep, we've got a quick quiz here, which is all to do with you know end of the season, Edinburgh and Glasgow seasons. Um, so first question, um, I want you to give me for the whole season the winning ratio of both Edinburgh and Glasgow. What do you got for me there? Um, so run run th- for just Pro Twelve for all the games. Yeah, shooting for a percentage. I am looking for a percentage. Yes. Um, and then continuing that. I want you to give me the same percentage, winning percentage, for the Pro 12 slash the Celtic League in its entire history. So for both for Edinburgh and for Glasgow, what have you got there? Okay with that. Um, and then this season, I want each team's, each respective team's, Edinburgh and Glasgow, you want their top try scorers in the Pro 12. Who are they? And how many do you think they've got as a sort of bonus little point there? And then final question. Who got the official player of the year at each team's awards, end of season awards dinner? So not like the players, players like the club player of the season. I don't know who decides it, but yeah. So there you go. Got got answers to those? Happy to go? No? You must have some attempts at least. Uh, so yeah, I have lots of guesses. I have lots and lots of guesses. That's fine. So. That's fine. Well, I mean, percentage is the closest one. I'll get the point. So, right. So for the season, what did you get for the winning ratio for Edinburgh? Uh, I've put twenty-eight percent. Twenty-eight percent, Dave. What have you got on that? I've gone slightly higher. Thirty-nine. Did you see my piece of paper? <laughs> it's <was> thirty-nine. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine percent. Which is actually yeah higher than I thought it would be. I, it's higher than I thought it would be. I, I genuinely didn't see your piece of paper. So really ah, no one believes that. Uh, and then Glasgow, what did we get for the Warriors? I put 63%. Well, that's punchy as bows. 
and you can look at it on my screen. I, no, I'm not just undercutting you. I did put 62% for Glasgow. <laughs> it was only 51%. Which, yeah, I was, I was quite surprised by. Um, so, Dave, you take two points from that. Two done already. Can, he, can the old crank crawl it back? Um, and then in the, the Pro 12, the Celtic League, whatever the sort of um, manifestation of it, what did you get? What did you get for Edinburgh? I, I panicked. I put fifty percent. What did you get, Alan? In the Pro Twelve slash Celtic League, I put fifty-five percent. It's forty-two percent. Oh, so Dave God. takes it. Um, and then what? What do we get for Glasgow? I've gone way too. I've gone sixty-five. I think that's way too high. It's be so bad. I don't think anyone's got sixty-five in the whole league. I should put forty. <laughs> Dave takes it because it's fifty-three. <laughs> it's thirteen. 13 plays 12 is the difference. <laughs> 53. That's pretty terrible as well. Um, and then... Yeah, you are 4-0 down. Oh my God. So here we go. It could be... It's, the draw, a draw's the best you're getting, mate. Glasgow were literally terrible back in the day. Yeah, but they're quite good now. Um, so, yeah, top try scorers this year in the Pro 12. Who'd you get for Edinburgh? Uh, Damien Hoyland on... Nine. <laughs> so, no, 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 mate. I have to in Chris Tarrant style. I have to accept your first answer, Dave. What did you get? Damien Hoyland on seven. Punchy. It Hoyland wasn't even there. It was Magnus Bradbury on five. Oh, <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about Edinburgh's attacking player. And on the Pro Twelve site, I had to scroll down a long, long time to reach an Edinburgh <laughs> player. Uh, and then, who do we get for Glasgow? Tommy Seymour on nine. Tommy Seymour? Tommy Seymour on eight. <laughs> Did you put eight? Yeah, yeah it is eight as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Dave has, David has won it. Um, but finish it off, player of the year, who do you get for Glasgow? Is Ali Price? I actually didn't write down anything. I got. I was um, going back and playing with my uh, things, so I guess it's Ali Price. That's very magnanimous of you. It was Ali Price, so well done. And Edinburgh, who do we get? Oh, no, shit. I wrote down Greg for Glasgow, and I haven't written down anything for Edinburgh, but let me say that it was maybe um, Phil Burley. <laughs> <laughs> um, BBT. It was BBT, so... Alan restores some pride at the end of that quiz, but that was a quite resounding thrashing there. So unlucky, mate. Not a maths guy, right? Yeah, that's fair. Um, so cracking on to following the good news this week that Scotland, never thought we would have said that, said it before, but retained their Twickenham Sevens crown, which is absolutely just some incredible scenes at the weekend. Led by the hero, Scott Riddell. Stumel legend. Thing is, the whole time he was just thinking his head, never unprepared. Oh, he he knew, he knew. He was just so well prepared. This is just complete crap. Come on. <laughs> Even I'll say this is literally stinking chat. Um No kind of Oh, started. No again. Um But the sevens, yeah, it was really, really great. Um I was watching it, I woke up. Sunday morning 
and literally flicked on right at the start of the Scotland-New Zealand game where we went 21-0 down and then came back to win 24-21, which was absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. And I think one of the things with the Scotland team is obviously they play, play together. They all, all seem to get on really, really well. They will actually have quite a good sort of balance between sort of playmakers, speedsters. Like James Fleming is absolutely rapid. He was like just managing to contain Perry Baker, which is pretty sort of unbelievable, really. And then they've kind of got your people like Scott Riddell and um, et cetera, who can sort of just at least kind of control sort of the ruck area. And yeah, really, really, really good. And you mentioned him uh, earlier, Alan. Um, Greg, otherwise known as George Horn, um, Pete's younger brother, looking absolutely awesome uh, for the Sevens team. Do you think he can um, make some impact for the Warriors next year? Yeah, well, I think he's been sort of given a contract as a scrum half. And, um, yeah, when the guys are away on international duty, why not? I, I don't think he could play any position apart from scrum half because he is just, he is quite small. And in 15s, I think that'll get exploited. But, no, he's definitely showed just, like, incredible skills, such good game awareness. And, you know, for a small guy, he is pretty tenacious as well. Like, chasing down, um, I think it was Norton in the final and getting that turnover was just absolutely class. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um and there's news coming out this week as well that um, there's potentially going to be a merger of all the great British sevens teams, um, which I think is to do with qualifying for the, the World Cup or the Olympics or something. I'm not quite sure. I think it's it's all down to Olympic qualifying. And I, I think the way it works and the, the way it happened last time is that sort of England, Wales and Scotland would pretty much all have an opportunity to qualify and then that team would then go on to team become Team GB. So all the other countries are saying you've got three opportunities to um, to, uh, to to qualify. And I think you know I I don't know. I'm I'm sort of on the fans. We've just gotten good at sevens, so I'm quite interested in um, in in keeping it going. But um, I, I can't quite buy some of the lines that's coming out that it's an amazing development tool for the professional for the professional squads or for the Scotland game. I do think it keeps players, you know, playing, but is there really anybody that you can point to that's come through the sevens system that they've developed on the sevens system? Maybe Lee Jones, but he kind of just went off and he regained a little bit of form. You wouldn't say that the sevens team was part of his um, development. So as a development tool, I don't know. And on top of that, what would the SRU spend that money on that they would be saving if they reduced their sevens bill and I, I don't know would it it's not enough for another pro team it would just be sort of I don't know I, I have no idea like a B league or something like that um I don't know I think it's a bit underrated I think I'm sure there is play- I can't really think of them right now but there is players Akira Iani and Ricky Iani Ricky, Ricky. Um, Rico I mean, I mean for Scotland oh for Scotland yeah. <laughs> Must be a few players floating around. And actually, a bit of Googling has helped me. So, 2012, we've got the Scotland 7 squad for the Wellington and Las Vegas legs of the HSBC 7s. We have Hamish Watson, James Eddy, Adam Ash, Scott Riddell, Michael Fedo. Is that how you pronounce it? Fedo. Sean Kennedy, Fraser Harkness. No idea. Selkirk Hero, Colin Gregor, Pete Horn, Brian McGuigan, and James Fleming. Few names, few names flown around. Made it to the big leagues. Yeah, that's fair. So there you go. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, 
I suppose just the balance between you get like some you know senior experienced sevens players who are never gonna make it but I think you have to do that rather than just like chucking in like 18 19 year olds so yeah I, I I get it like I don't know if it's the best development tool but I really like watching it and like the last even this whole circuit like you get the highlights and you watch it and like it genuinely makes you proud to be like Scottish and watching it like they're they're so good so yeah from that sort of perspective I like it but but I do get your point and then the funding side they can't pay them that much it can't cost that much so I don't I don't see where it could go unless it helps um, fund another you know protein with with some like private money backing. I thought the Scrivens team cost the same amount as Scott Johnson. I thought that was the big joke. So let's kick kick him out the door. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think it is good, and I think um, I think that I think the one thing that would be great is to have the Sevens back in Scotland. I think at Melrose, it seemed you know the Melrose Sevens. It itself is such a great event and I think when you look at some of the places that do have it I do understand from a commercial perspective why why you have it there but when you've got sort of where Sevens was literally founded in Scotland and we have a team who's playing on the Sevens it seems completely ridiculous that you wouldn't look to bring that into the equation yeah I would absolutely absolutely love to see that but I just think there is think of how many journeymen there are have been on that Scotland Sevens circuit for the last like five years and for what result have we got in terms of Sevens success or good Scotland players I don't know I just don't think it's washing its own face let them be all right they've been in the coal faces and connect and in zebra just give them a little payoff in Vegas that's that's completely fair so yeah, that's it. We've agreed. Sevens is good. Keep it going. Fine, majority rules, and I will take I will take that on the chin. I will, you'll never hear any sevens descent from me ever again. Um, that is it for another week, um, guys. We are obviously coming in to the summer tour season, which we're really really looking forward to. Alan is off on the Lions tour, so we will be getting live dispatches from. Uh, whatever um, dive bar he is frequenting around New Zealand for three weeks. But we were with you throughout the summer tours. Uh, but for another week, that is The Thistle. Make sure you get on to iTunes. Leave us a review if you like what we're doing or come and say hello on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. But thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you soon. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.